No. Mm. Mm. Why did you kiss my ear? Why are you holding my hand? Where's your other hand? Between two pillows. Those aren't pillows. Ah! Hey everyone, welcome to The Boot. That's right, it's The Boot. We are recasting classic movie reboots so Hollywood doesn't have to do it. Guys, um, I don't have an intro. <laughs> Ever since I deleted my intro... I don't have a I don't have a landing spot here. Yeah, soon we'll have a new intro. I'll have I a new think. intro. I'll figure yeah. it out. We're gonna this is a work in progress. Yeah, here, guys. we're we're gonna make some shifts and some changes yeah. because we care about you. This yeah. isn't about us. This is about you. Constantly improving, guys. That's what yeah. life is about. Um, so we promised you last month that we were gonna do freewheeling movies, but it just turns out we accidentally picked a holiday movie. Around Thanksgiving. I, well, I sort of feel like Trading Places was an accidental holiday choice. Yeah, it was. And But now this is specific. So we're doing another holiday comedy. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles starring Steve Martin, John Candy, Lilia Robbins, Kevin Bacon, Dylan Baker, E.D. McClurig, and Michael McKean. Why so many characters, did you say? Well, we're going to switch it up a little bit because there's basically two main characters in this movie mm-hmm. and a lot of like smaller roles. So Ken and I are going to split them up and we're going to each take uh, two smaller characters. Yeah. So you get more people recast. That's there what are people like want. sixty-five characters in this movie that are on screen for like ninety seconds each. Yeah, right so, <laughs> so before we get into this uh, classic John Hughes comedy, uh, we got to talk about some pretty crazy reboot news here. We there's been a lot of like earth-shattering reboot re- yeah. news in the past week. Yeah, absolutely. Did I you- will take the first one because I feel like I want your reaction. Okay. To it. <laughs> Disney talking Pirates of the Caribbean reboot with Deadpool scribes Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick. Disney is exploring a reboot of its billion-dollar Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. The studio has met with the writing team of Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick, and they are in early talks to write the script. Reese and Wernick are the two writers behind the first two Deadpool blockbusters, and before that wrote Zombieland and its sequel. Jerry Brockheimer will continue to captain the ship as producer, but at this point, it's too early to say who else might be back, and that includes Johnny Depp. It's not surprising the studio will try to breathe new pirate life into the franchise, as the first five films gross north of $4.5 billion with a B dollars over 14 years. Um, if you have listened to any of our podcasts in this past year, you will know that Kenna is I, the biggest Orlando Bloom fan in the world. And we have had length, lengthy discussions about what they should have done with this project, but uh, rebooting it. So the last time we talked about Pirates of the Caribbean was because they were just going to keep going and make another sequel, number six, which they're on. And then now, what, less than two months yeah. later, they're like, oh, maybe we'll just reboot the whole thing. So what do you, th- what do you think about this? I just... We've had so many discussions about this. I love Pirates of the Caribbean. The first movie. It's a perfect movie. Is a perfect action adventure film. And the subsequent films, um, two, three, four, and five, are bonkers, crazy insanity. They're garbage. But the thing is, there is promise to this series. I think there's definitely something there. Honestly, I think the entire thing that derailed it was Johnny Depp's performance because as much fun and as good as it is in the first movie, it like ruined everything else because then it became like, well, we can't make another Pirates movie without Jack Sparrow because that's what people loved about it unless you were, I don't know, how old was I? 14-year-old Kenna. Um, I'm scared that they're going to be like, yeah, we're going to reboot it. But Johnny Depp has to be a part of it because why? I, well, he's the big name. He, but yeah, I agree with but you. Is he's he is he still <clears throat> like? Does he still hold the same clout that he did after that first movie? Well, we'll see when Fantastic Beasts two come out. You know what I, I mean? Like, I, I I do agree with you that he is the over dominating flavor. Like, he's the Wolverine yeah. of these movies. Oh. And it took the X Men movies like seven movies to be like. We don't really need Hugh Jackman. And yeah. even in the one where he wasn't in it, they like put him in it. And yeah. it was just like I, – I, so I agree with you that he – that was a big mistake. This is what I worry about. And I think to kind of jump on what you were about to – what you previously said that, yeah, I think they're going to reboot it. And then people are going to be like, but wait, 
we love all these other characters like Will and Jack and uh, Kira Knightley's character Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Uh, what about them? And then they're gonna like shoehorn like. But really, they lost a lot of character in because like. Thinking about the supporting cast in the first one, like Zoe Saldana is in that movie. Mm-hmm. And who's the guy who plays, oh crap, what's his name? I can't remember. But like there are great characters in the first movie and things just got totally lost. So oh, they Jeffrey could be Rush? Like, Jeffrey Rush's character? Um, No, I mean, he's been in like Barbosa? every single one. Oh, yeah. We can lose Barbosa too. We can <laughs> lose all those freaking pirate kings. How about, how about pirate five lose... when you're like, is Barbosa the main character of this movie? Literally, like literally five is about his like daughter and Will's son. And how did we, like, how did we get there? From this moment on, we are to be allies. Considering where your left hand is, I'd say we're more than that. We find the trident together. Do I have your word? You're holding everything but my word. I want the best for this because I love this as a property. And I think it's such a fun idea, especially when nobody's making stuff like this anymore. Yeah. Like, I think that's what made the first pirate so successful is because it was like a, a, a fun family friendly pirate romp and then it became this like dark intense like like let's just make something fun on the high seas because a lot of content is not that light and family accessible like let's just make something that we can all enjoy don't and don't for the love i mean I don't know how they continued putting him in Pirates movies after The Lone Ranger. I'll say that. Like, he has had chances. Don't put Johnny Depp in this movie. Yeah, his name carries more than his last, like, five movies. Anyways. Yeah. Should we get out of this? Yep, please. Okay. (laughs) Clueless remake in early development at Paramount with Girls Trips' Tracy Oliver producing. A Clueless feature remake is in the works at Paramount with Girls Trip writer Tracy Oliver producing and Glow writer Marquita Robinson pinning the script. The movie is quite early in development, so details are minimal in regards to whether it's a fresh new take for the millennium. Oh, that's funny. Or if older characters will be reprising their roles. The original 1995 film directed and written by Amy Heckerling is a cult Gen X classic loosely based on Jane Austen's Emma and provided a satirical window into the Beverly Hills high school scene of the day. I feel like we're several years past saying things like a fresh new take for the millennium. (laughs) It's not 2002. Well, the millennium in, you know, the larger scale (laughs) in the macro. So this is massive news because this is the first time that a movie we've done on this podcast has been announced as being remade. Check out episode two. Yeah. One of our very first. One of our very first. It probably doesn't sound as wonderful as these now sound today, (laughs) but... um, I, I have a feeling the uh, the Brinks truck is going to back up to Zendaya's house anytime oh, soon. Oh, 100%. We both had her in our cast, by 100%. the way. 100%. Yeah, it's... it's it's we let's all just think it's a foregone conclusion at this point. Like, who else are you going to get to? Yeah, Zendaya this? is in this Zendaya, movie. Sorry, somebody saying. sent her the contract, and it's it's fascinating now that I think about it because after spending so much time like casting teens in movies, like there is a healthy crop of teens on television. Can we not talk about actors as crops of actors? It's really weird to me. But that's what they are. Like, think about it. Think about, like, the crop of Riverdale actors. Ugh, like, just, that. that's what they are. Maybe it's just the word crop that I just... <laughs> okay. Yeah, I know they're what you're not saying. They're meat. They're, <laughs> they're veggies. <vegetables>. <laughs> to be consumed for us. It's good for us. Um, continue what you're saying. Like, the, the, the fresh faces that are all over... There, I mean, there's going to be... It's going to be... A, everybody's agent is freaking out right now. Because I think everybody who plays high school, who can play a high schooler, is going to want to be in this movie. Let's quick recast the our podcast again. Ready? Zendaya's in it. Centineo's in it. Faux oh, show. Noah Centineo came at the perfect time for this. <laughs> He's, and the thing is, he has a very Jeremy Sisto vibe. Yeah. So that is his... <laughs> That's his that's his wheelhouse. I don't know if anybody has ever wanted that compliment, but Jeremy Sisto is Noah Centineo's wheelhouse. Um, I'm going to say maybe one of the girls from Blockers. Catherine Newton's doing some big things. Either one of those three girls could be in in this. I feel like Cole Sprouse has a very Christian vibe to him. You drink? No, thanks. I'm cool. I'm not offering. I'm asking you if you drink. You think I give alcohol to teenage drivers taking my daughter out? Hey, man, the protected vibe I dig. What's with you, kid? 
You think the death of Sammy Davis left an opening in the Rat Pack? He could easily take that part. I love Cole Sprouse. <laughs> he was my first casted person on this podcast. Oh, right. Isn't that crazy? Jack. Yeah. <laughs> and I hadn't even watched a lot of Riverdale then. And since then, my love has only grown. It's- By the way, the trailer for Five Feet Away, the like movie about two two people with um Oh yeah, Haley Lou Richardson yeah. is what do they have? Cystic fibrosis something or something like that. And they like can't touch each other. Come on. <laughs> I will say I've That's never It's a rainy Sunday Netflix movie if I've ever seen one. <laughs> I've never seen uh, an episode of Riverdale. I really should just to have a more rounded view of it, but I will stop and watch like Cole Sprouse or like KJ Apa give an interview anywhere. There's something so captivating and and I'm I I feel like I'm now approaching that stage of life where like all these people are much younger than me and I need to calm down. All right. So this this thing is definitely going to happen. And I think we all both agree that it it should happen cuz it's it's a great movie. I don't know if it's yeah. going to touch you know, the touchstone that was Clueless at the time. Yeah. Make it its own thing. Yeah. And and it might be interesting. Yeah. All right. This is the big one, guys, <laughs> right here. Did we just talk about this we recently? We did. We did just talk about it. Will Smith and Martin Lawrence say Bad Boys for Life is official. On Instagram today, it was actually a couple weeks ago, Will Smith and Martin Lawrence confirmed that Sony's Bad Boys for Life is finally going forward and they're respectively reprising their roles as detectives Mike Lowry Mike Lowry and Marcus Burnett. Quote, it's official. Bad Boys 3 is happening. It's official, screamed Smith from the Santa Monica, California beach. Production is starting in mid-January with Belgian directors Idel L. Arby and Trial Fala. Hervé Vilches. Oof. Sorry, guys. Which Deadline reported exclusively on back in January and a script by Chris Bremner. This threequel has long been a priority project at Sony to reteam the stars of the 1995 original, which helped turn Smith into a global superstar and put Lawrence on the A-list as his partner. Together, both movies grossed $414.7 million with an M worldwide. The franchise's original producer, Jerry Brockheimer, is also returning. Jerry Brockheimer... <laughs> Because fingers and so many pies here. Yep. Okay, so the last time we talked about this, it was like an episode ago. And the news was that things were coming together, but... One of them hadn't signed. Will Smith, like Martin Lawrence like wanted it to happen, but nobody had signed anything. Nobody is officially on. Mm-hmm. And even now, like no uh, studio has made this announcement, but both Martin Lawrence and Will Smith have made the announcement so it sort of seems like even if the plan has not solidified, they were like, we're going to make this happen because we can't not say anything and then have like the movie not actually happen. I think both of them together are stronger than the studio. <laughs> For real. Like, I mean, def- definitely Will Smith. I honestly don't know what kind of clout Martin Lawrence has. No, but like but he, Will Smith now has Martin Lawrence together. Yeah. Everybody wants this to happen. I mean, the only reason to not have this happen is just so that we can do bad boys on this podcast. <laughs> like, we desperately right. wish that we could have done this. But I feel like I should just say, pull up whatever episode we talked about this. But yeah, we want this. Everyone wants this. Yeah, why not? It it really does scream the perfect reunion for like, because it's not, it's just not too late. And I feel really feel like buddy cop movies are kind of the perfect sequel generators because it doesn't matter how much older the characters get like it's just it's going to be interesting to watch them come together to do something mike look calm down calm down i'm calm i'm calm what hey whoa i am way too unstable for that bullshit stop all the goddamn movement everybody stop moving we can't let y'all go but look the shit will get worked out in court okay guys so let's get into the reboot of plane screens and automobiles but as you know we got rules and if you don't follow the rules you're bound to get stranded some we're in the middle of Kansas. Okay, now? <laughs> this is a podcast best listened to with an open IMDb. We may talk about some people you've never heard of and you're going to want to look them up. We will be talking about a movie that you may not have seen. So if you haven't seen Planes, Trains, and Automobiles like I hadn't before I watched it mm. just now, uh, go watch it. It's the perfect time of year. Um, Now to the rules. Rule number one, no remakes, reboots, or long lost sequels. We can't do a movie that has already been redone in the last 20 years. This includes franchises like Pirates of the Caribbean that pop back up with sequels every seven months. (laughs) Rule number two, no imaginary casting. Our dream cast must be made up of actors that are alive and working today. And rule number three, no Tinder casting. We can't cast someone just based on how they look. You have to have seen their work and be able to vouch for their talent. Okay, guys, let's get into the reboot of Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. What's the flight situation? Simple. There's no way on earth we're going to get out of here tonight. (laughs) 
We'd have more luck playing pickup sticks with our butt cheeks, and we will get in a flight out of here before daybreak. <sighs> I guess we'll find out soon enough. Yeah, but by the time the airline cancels this flight, which they will sooner or later, you'd have more of a chance to find a three-legged ballerina than you would a hotel room. You're saying I could be stuck in Wichita? I'm saying you are stuck in Wichita. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, uh, the 1987 classic comedy directed by John Hughes, legendary director of such movies as Breakfast Club, Pretty in Pink. I wrote She's Having a Baby for some reason as opposed to like Ferris Bueller, <laughs> but mm. Stars Steve Martin as Neil Page, John Candy as Del Griffith, Lilia Robbins as Susan Page, Dylan Baker as Owen, Kevin Bacon as the taxi racer, Edie McClurg as the rental car agent, and Michael McKeon as the state trooper. So you hadn't seen this movie. Mm-mm. You were kind of lukewarm on it. Yeah, I've I've, I've only ever well, I've, I've seen clips of it, I think, because there were parts of this movie that I recognized. And I have always known this to be a Thanksgiving season movie. It's like the only Thanksgiving comedy I remember. But I just expected to laugh out loud more than I did. Do you think it was because you had just watched Trading Places and that one like really goes for... Some peak, like, racial commentary. And this one's more. This is how I saw this movie. I love this movie. I've loved this movie since I was a kid. Uh-huh. But rewatching it, I was like, this is the ultimate dad comedy. Like, every dad yeah. loves this comedy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because the thing is, it's it's very safe. Like, nothing about this is controversial. It doesn't get political at all. It's Mm-mm. just, like, two dad-type guys yeah. trying to get home for the holidays. It's very safe. And so it's very John Hughes-like. It's all about the relationship between mm-hmm. these two people and like coming around to being like a better person or something like that. I think really my main issue is that there is so much that happens, but it's it's the movie moves so quickly that there's a point where you're like, oh, they're at the end. And all these little vignettes, I think, of them together – didn't come together for me mm. but i mean it's it's a fun movie for sure yeah. if all of the things that happened to neil happened to me i definitely would have like killed somebody like either myself the people around yeah. me this is my this is like my nightmare is just like logistical nightmares going awry yes and i think about this because i feel like when you travel any other time of year you never worry about i don't know your your flights right. getting but anytime you fly during the holidays, the thought that you could get stuck somewhere is always out there. That's why I don't go home for Thanksgiving. It's the worst time of the year to travel. It's the wor- yeah, I haven't been home for Thanksgiving since I lived in L.A. because it's such a short amount of time. And if you do get delayed at all, like, what's the point? You get fired from work. <laughs> yes, yeah. they're all like, we stayed. You should have stayed. <laughs> this is on you. How dare you? Um, all right. Let's let's get into it. Let's get into it. Uh, let's start with Neil. Played by Steve Martin, who was 42 when he played this role. He mm-hmm. was looking like he was 61. Like, Steve <laughs> Martin has always looked like he's in his 60s since he was, like, 25. A, a healthy 60. A very healthy. Even now he looks like a healthy 61. Yeah. He's just, like, embalmed into this age forever. Um, This one was a little tough. I, I had, like, uh, two or three guys I kept, like, wheeling in mm-hmm. and out. I was trying to think of like what what is it about Neil's character that uh, I have to cast towards? Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> the thing I kind of kept thinking about was that um, did we? I don't know if we talked about this on air or not, but he's kind of an asshole in the beginning of this movie. Yeah, he's kind of a really he annoying r- rips Dell to shreds in their hotel room, and it's so un it's so unlikable. It's so unlikable because you're watching Dell like fall to pieces as he's like, "You're the worst." Yeah. You know, everything is not an anecdote. You have to discriminate. You choose things that are that are funny or or mildly amusing or interesting. Your stories have none of that. Honey, I'd, li- I'd like you to meet Del Griffith. He's got some amusing anecdotes for you. Oh, here's a gun so you can blow your brains out. You'll thank me for it. It's so like, mean. It's so mean. But like he also he's taken to such like the depths of like his patience to get home, like just to get home for Thanksgiving uh, the, the scene where he just like lays in to the car rental lady and we can talk about that later. But like that is not something that a lot of people can really pull off mm-hmm. that kind of joke. But I was thinking about how like Neil is not very likable. So I wanted to cast someone who audiences across the globe generally would like no matter what they did. It would okay. have to take a lot for us to not be like, you know what? Maybe you went a little too far. Um, that's why I went with the um, also immortal Paul Rudd. Mm, yes, he is immortal. 
Um, I think that's a really solid choice because he is a very funny guy, but he also plays straight quite easily. Mm-hmm. So sort of all these little moments of him doing, doing, because here's the thing. Steve Martin's a comedian, but he's not playing over the top the way John Candy has to be this sort of like yeah. overly weird, Gregarious. wacky, yeah. like, so I, I, I think that's a smart choice. He could easily play a very like normal person and then lose his mind in the middle of the car rental. Yeah. Welcome to Marathon. May I help you? You can start by wiping that fucking dumbass smile off your rosy fucking cheeks. Then you can give me a fucking automobile, a fucking Datsun, a fucking Toyota, a fucking Mustang, a fucking Buick, four fucking wheels and a seat. It's also weird to not see Steve Martin kind of go full tilt crazy. Because in a lot of his movies, like Three Musketeers, he's kind of like crazy. Three Amigos? Sorry, yeah. Three Amigos. (laughs) And then was LA Story? He's also like, that's also this kind of like weird surrealistic kind of movie. But He's got an interesting like physicality in that he's always like, like... He would dip into it in this movie. But most of the time, you're really feeling like, oh, he's just like some suburban guy who can't. Even though his run when he is racing to the taxi (laughs) is one of my favorite things. Because you can tell there's a point where he's like running and then he switches to like waving his arms about. It was funny. Um, No, I think that's a really good choice. Thank you. I... um. I gender swapped my cast because I was very close to doing the same. I found the right Dell. <laughs> and then I just kept thinking about the dynamic of a man and a woman sort of connecting. Mm. And so for a second I was like, eh, what if Neil is sort of an uptight guy? And then I was like, nah, yeah, I, I want it to be a woman. Um, and it took a long time to figure out who it was going to be because it, I mean, I think we had similar problems of like who, who can you see on screen at first and and be okay with and then is in my case she slowly loses her mind like we yeah. still we're not we still feel sympathetic and we're not like what a jerk and i feel like i came to an interesting conclusion but i'm happy with it i picked tracy ellis ross do i know this lady from tracy. blackish oh uh, yeah the mom yes yeah okay who i think that is interesting that is kind of cool and I, I really liked her for this because she is very put together. And I think it would be a lot of fun to watch her comedic sensibilities come out mm-hmm. um, as she unravels. I need one room. 4250 How about $17? I can't do that. Please. Have mercy. I've been wearing the same underwear since Tuesday. I can vouch for that. And I, I really liked for her kind of seeing the the downhill slope of that. Plus, I just think she is very charismatic and she's very funny. And uh, honestly, I just don't see her in considering how popular she is yeah. on Blackish. You just don't see her uh, in any like mainstream films i don't i don't watch a lot of blackish sorry i have a friend who works on the show industry um <clears throat> so i i feel bad but like i know of her and i know that like you're right like she should be more things and this would be a very interesting role to put this kind of like put together woman trying to get home to like her kids or whatever mm-hmm. and then just to see her like what happens to her when she's just like rubbing her face with someone's underwear and like <laughs> Sleeping in a bed full, like, covered in beer. Uh, Uh, That made me so... There were lots of moments uh, in this movie that made me cringe. Oh, and, like, just... It's like every person they meet on this trip is just so awful. (laughs) You can just see that on Steve Martin's face that he's just trying patiently to hope for, like, an angel to come and save him in every turn he's just met with. This is... I think this is why this is, like, the ultimate dad movie because it's just... It's so stupid. (laughs) And everybody's, you can imagine everybody's dad in a scenario like this. Yeah. Yes. A a perfect point. Yes. My dad would crumble, (laughs) crumble, crumble, crumble. Okay. Um, 
All right. Uh, should we move on to Dell? Dell, yes. Played by John Candy. Man, what a treat John Candy really was. He's so good. That the, what's funny is that like st- I don't know if this was a deliberate choice because it wasn't in any trivia I could uh, that I read, mm-hmm. but um, Steve Martin really played it like a piece of shit, and John really played it like really sweet. Like he was, yeah. He's always the nicest guy, despite the fact that he is like a Tasmanian devil of yeah. Bad luck. And it's interesting because it is that thing of like, we all know that person that we dislike. They're very nice and there's no reason not to like them, but their personality will grate on your nerves. Oh, yeah. We all know that person. And that's Dell. Like, <laughs> there's no reason for he's annoying, but there's no reason for you to be like, I hate that guy. Mm-hmm. And yet Neil is like, I hate that guy. Oh, God. That that, that moment where Dell is just, you know, after Neil just like, tears him apart he only meets neil's anger with more love and you're Mm. just like god neil you're (laughs) such a dick well you think what you want about me i'm not changing i like i like me my wife likes me because i'm the real article what you see is what you get also this movie takes an interesting turn at the very end where you find out that del's wife died Mm -hmm. and so he really is alone yeah. For the holiday and that this was probably kind of a nice, not a nice experience, but it was nice to have made a friend yeah. on his way uh, back to Chicago. And it's really touching because you're like, you should really be nice because you never know what somebody else is going through. <laughs> Who did you pick? Um, So I, I made an obvious choice, but she's perfect for it. I picked Melissa McCarthy. Yeah. Yeah. I thought about her. And the reason I love because... Melissa McCarthy's comedy can be so broad that all of the physical stuff makes sense to me. Yeah. But at the same time, she can be so sympathetic that I I just I saw every scene. I was like, she could nail this because no matter what, you would look at her and be like, eh, she's not that bad. Like, yeah, she, this car lit on fire, but she's <laughs> not that bad. Somehow your uh, diner's club card wound up in my wallet. You stole it. Not exactly. You stole it. No, I stole my life. I knew you stole it. I did not steal your card. And then you rented a car. And then you burned it up. I did not. I found it in my wallet. I knew you stole it. I thought you put it there. Why would I put it there? Kindness? The scene where they're driving the wrong way down the highway. (laughs) Okay. First of all, real life... I can relate. That actually happened to me. I, what did you do? How did you do that? A quick story. My friends and I were in two cars. We're, we, I, I grew up in central Massachusetts. My older brother went to Holy Cross, which is in Worcester, Massachusetts. We were bored one Friday or Saturday night. We're like, let's just go to Holy Cross, walk around the campus, see if there are parties. So we're driving and I get lost somewhere in Worcester and I take this left turn, literally like what happens in the movie. I take a left turn which was an exit ramp. I was maybe 17. I think I had my license for like six months. Oh my gosh. And I'm driving down the highway and my buddy, it's almost shot for shot how this movie turned out. My buddy looks out and he sees our friends like waving, like, what are you doing? And then he looks back at me and he goes, are we on the wrong side of the highway? And we look and there's just all this oncoming traffic. And so I luckily spot like, there was like a McDonald's parking lot that it was like being re rebuilt or it was like being built or something. Uh-huh. I had to speed up towards traffic and cut into the parking lot as like traffic zoomed by. So when <laughs> Dell makes this mistake, I'm not like, what a goofy idiot. I'm like, bro, I know. I get it, man. You're going the wrong way. He says we're going the wrong way. Oh, he's drunk. How would he know where we're going? Yeah, how would he know? I get it. Um, Yikes! But <laughs> I mean, but that whole it time, could, apparently it could happen to anyone. But that whole that whole exchange though between the cars, uh, that's like the only time that Dell is like kind of mean, where he's kind of like, "All right, buddy, yeah, I get it. You've been drinking a little <laughs> bit too. I don't know. Uh, he's just so sweet. Yeah, um, he's, yeah, yeah. I agree. Melissa McCarthy was is is the obvious choice. I went with. Another maybe an obvious choice. I don't really know, but like the key to Dell is like you got to pick someone that no matter what he'll make a friend of you. If they set out to like endear you, they would. Uh, I went with Jack Black. If if I had decided to do a man, mm-hmm. I would have picked the same. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Do we have to mention who Jack Black is? I mean, he's he's one of the most famous 
movie stars and musicians. Massive. I, um, I love Jack Black. And honestly, I feel like he's an actor who doesn't get a lot of credit. Yeah. I saw the house with the clock in its walls. And how was it? Not altogether bad. Okay. Um, but he is so good. Like he is the kind of actor who even given something that's not, it wasn't a lot to work with. It mm-hmm. was kind of a weird movie. He is still so likable and enjoyable. Like his, his weird mannerisms and characteristics, like it's, it's all good. Yeah, He's all good. I, you're right. I think, I think both these actors that we picked can hit those like really funny notes of like, the pillows scene, like when they accidentally are like cuddling up and then just being like, oh, strong man, strong man, strong man. <laughs> but also like those like low moments when like he's alone in the train station and he admits that his wife is dead or, or you know, or, mm-hmm. or um, so yeah, I think, I think those are great choices. Yeah, we did great. We did great. A we're, plus to us. This is an A good. plus podcast. Um, <clears throat> Susan. Susan, Neil's wife. Um, Poor lady. Poor Susan. <laughs> Not much to go on here. Not much to go on. She's literally a face on the other end of the phone, but... I'm going to get a little nerdy. She's she's like Odysseus's wife. Nerd alert! Her whole role is basically the physical embodiment of why he wants to go home. Right. And his kids. Um, shout out to Matthew Lawrence, who is in this movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's not much to go on character-wise. Um, I thought, well, you're going to go first, but... I'll say this. I thought it would have been really funny because this is the kind of movie that I sort of in the way that in in the original version, there's a lot of interesting character actors like thrown into it. I feel like if you remade this movie today, parts like this and all of these other little bit parts would be extremely famous people just popped into the movie for a few minutes. Um, So I especially for some reason for this part was like, it would be hilarious if you just found like the most famous person in the world. (laughs) And when they happen to call home, it's just like Tom Cruise on the other end of the line. Like that that makes me laugh a lot. But so that's what you did. Who did you pick? Okay. I did not pick. I Tom did Cruise. not do that. I I picked um, an actress that people may or may not know. She kind of pops up here and there. Um, I think she's very beautiful. I think if you see her on screen, you'd be like, oh yeah, she's she's someone that you know a husband would like would rather spend his time with this person than at his job mm-hmm. or you know running around the Midwest with this doofus. You know, um, I picked Abigail Spencer. Mm-hmm. Who is uh, a dramatic actress, but like pops up in comedies like Burning Love time to time. I think mm-hmm. um, she was also in the show Timeless. I don't know if people know that show. Apparently people love it. They're like making that movie. Oh, are they? Because it got or it got canceled and then it got brought back. Yeah. And then I think maybe it got canceled yeah. again. So I, I picked her because, like I said, like she's sort of the, the, the siren that's calling Neil back home. Like he's just mm-hmm. desperate to like there's a shot where he's in bed with Dell and he's just like miserable. And then it cuts to her in this like lavish, clean, pillowy bed and she's alone. And then you just know that like Neil is just so desperate to see his wife. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the only disconnect was like, we don't know if it's just like, cause he loves her tremendously or if he's just like they don't, fantasizing about her. Yeah. But, they don't like elaborate on what kind of family man he is. Yeah. So I, I would kind of, when I was thinking about this, I was like, okay, I'm going to pick an actress who I think could use like a big bump in a movie like this. Mm-hmm. But I would also consciously be like, okay, we need some more scenes of like the home life of like, does she really need him to get home? Yeah. What is their relationship? Is it just like, I don't know. It, it, there has to be something more. I just didn't yeah. figure it out. So I, I I landed on Abigail Spencer. I think she's great. She does. She kind of in Burning Love, which is probably the thing I have saw her most. She plays like this um, perfect female contestant okay. that uh, Ken Marino ends up like not picking. <laughs> And then, like she's like fully regrets the it best later. option, <laughs> yeah. but because it's burning love yeah. and not actually like so the bachelor. I, I I kind of something about that was like pretty funny. Like that like, she could play that kind of type of like obviously this is someone that you should be with that you should pick. Mm-hmm. Um, and she could also be you know funny in her own way, if, depending on how you wrote, wrote this. But I've droned on enough about my. I also pick. really love that part how when before when we <clears> see <throat> the family before he calls in. You think Grandpa Walt is gonna give me a noogie? Of course he's going to give you a noogie. He loves to give you noogies. That's how he tells you that he loves you. Why doesn't he give me noogies? Because you get Indian burns. 
I prefer noogies. I was just like, the 80s were awesome because she gets up to answer the phone and she just looks at these like very young children and is like, man, eh, watch your brother. Who's like a baby. <laughs> he could he could die. How about but, rotary phones, by the way, where there was a lock on a rotary phone? Like this movie could Oh, yeah. This movie would never would I'd have to figure out cellular data and Wi-Fi and hotspots and That's true. I we'll talk about it. Okay. But I, I do think that just because transportation will almost always let you down, I feel like you could definitely make this movie today. Like with cell phones, this movie would work. Yeah. Because You would have to do the thing where his phone gets lost. Yeah. And Dell doesn't have a phone. He is like a he is like a Dell is like flip a flip phone. phone. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so they can't call an Uber. Um, okay. So I, I did sort of do the thing where I picked a recognizable face Mm -hmm. because I was like, I just, I want us to at least have, have a lot of goodwill towards this person, which I think people do just by association. I picked common. Oh, okay. Love common. Love common. Love him as like a, a father figure. Yeah. Um, waiting for his wife to get home from her Thanksgiving trip. Hello, it's 2018. And um, if Common was waiting for me at home, I would definitely (laughs) rush right out of here. I would be like, do you know why I need to go home? (laughs) Um, I don't know why, but the idea that I had that made me laugh a lot was I was like, I would love if it was like a reveal when they pick up the phone that her husband is like LeBron James, but like not even LeBron James, like playing a character. His name is just LeBron LeBron James. James. Um, That made me laugh a lot. But uh, Common is a more appropriate choice, I think. Uh, Yeah, I don't have anything bad to say about Common. I wish Common was actually more stuff. I think he's in this like new submarine movie with Gerard Butler, which is very confusing. Uh, What is this movie? Um, I forget. I'm not even going to bother looking it up. But Gary Oldman's in it. It's called, wait. Gary Oldman is in that movie. What? Yes. Hunter Killer? Yes. No way. Yeah. And which is weird because it's like, no offense to the DP of that movie, but it looks like a video game movie. Like it's very bright and colorful. I'm like, for a war movie, for a submarine war movie. Oh my gosh. Gary Oldman is in this movie. What the heck? Yeah, I don't know. Should we get into our little bit characters here? Yes. All right. I think the most important bit character is the car rental lady. So why don't we start there? Unless okay. it, it is your turn, by the way. Yes. Okay. Uh, the car rental lady played by Edie McClurg, who is the secretary in Ferris Bueller and nails it. Yeah, I see your rental agreement. I threw it away. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, what? You're fast. I think I just wanted to keep it in the same vein where this person is a comedic actor who when you see them, part of the persona is just that you're like, oh, this this girl's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Which I feel like that's funny now that I'm going to say their name. I picked Kristen Shaw. Oh, yeah. Because I think she'd be per- like I'm imagining <laughs> I'm imagining her at the end of this being like, oh, well, just show me your show me your rental agreement. Uh, and when uh, he's like, I threw it away. <laughs> You're fucked. Uh, so I love Kristen Schaal of. Wow. So many things. Flight of the Concords. The Last Man on Earth. Last Man on Earth is like her big thing. She Bob's Burgers. Voices. Um, uh, oh, my gosh. Luis. 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 <laughs> Linda. Linda. It's a very solid H. It's John, John H. Benjamin. Um, Brendan. You ever watch uh, home movies? No. Oh, he's like the soccer coach. Brendan. <laughs> Brendan. That sounds, that sounds exactly like him. Thank you. Um, uh, that's a great <laughs> pick. She is awesome. She is so funny. She's so funny. And I know I it's one of those things where I just I know that if this movie was made today, it would be filled with people that as soon as you see them, you're just you just embrace the joy that's about to happen. That's really funny. All right. Taxi racer. Um, How about Kevin Bacon? How about young Kevin Bacon? Like. I, I think we should just preface like all these kind of cameos. Mm-hmm. I think we both did the same thing where it's like as soon as they appear on screen, you're going to be like, is that what is they, what yeah. are they doing in this movie? Yep. Um, I wanted someone. OK, I'll be honest. Well, that's sort of how Kevin Bacon is in this movie. Like yeah. this at this point in his career, like everybody knew who Kevin Bacon was. Was he supposed to be his character from She's Having a Baby? I don't know. I've never seen She's Having okay. a Baby. OK, because like they came out relatively around the same point and then. I think there was like a piece of trivia where like some of the audio of She's Having a Baby is in the background. But no, She's huh. Having a Baby is 1988. Which is after. After this movie. That's weird. Unless he had like shot them at the – I don't know. Anyways. Um, 
I'm going to be honest. I, I picked this person for you and you alone. I picked Orlando Bloom. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> but my reasoning <laughs> is when he appears on the screen and like contrast to Neil, he's like this right. young, hot guy, like this kind of like slick New York type. Wait, how old is Paul Rudd? Paul Rudd is 49. Oh, okay. So Orlando Bloom's like 42. 41. Yeah. So he's way older than Kevin Bacon, who was 29. But it's right. like, he's still looking good. It still would be like, is that Orlando Bloom? And then, the like, point is to be like, oh my gosh, that's Kevin Bacon. And yeah. then to realize that once he gets in the cab, like you never see him again. Yeah. yeah he's like that's gone. the joy of it. Yeah. And in my head, I would actually, it would actually be Orlando Bloom. It wouldn't be Kevin Bacon. It would be like For some Neil reason versus in like Orlando Bloom. A suit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's looking like a Wall Street guy. Yeah. <laughs> That's so much fun. I, I wrote would love down that. Orlando Bloom from Kenna's Dreams. That's what I wrote on my little note, <laughs> notepad. So there you go. Do you assume that in my dreams he looks like a like a slick Wall Street? No, guy? he's definitely legless. <laughs> he's definitely with his platinum blonde locks. Guys, go back and watch Lord of the Rings and tell me it doesn't do it for you. He is gorgeous in that movie. Oh, all right. I think that's a really funny choice. Because again, you want it to be someone yeah. that you're like, wow, how did, why is this person in this movie? Yeah. Um, but it's also just a lot of fun to, I think, watch them. Like, he doesn't even say anything. Mm-mm, he has no lines. Uh, yeah, that's really, that's really good. Um, okay, so... My next character is Owen, who is the like backwoods guy who comes to pick them up from the where are they at this point? It's they're in Wichita. They're in Wichita, but they've left the hotel. It's like the motel owner's son is yes. coming to pick them up to take them to the train station. Yes. In Wichita. But as he says, train don't run out of Wichita unless you're a hog or a cattle. People train runs out of Stubville. <laughs> I really loved her baby come out sideways. <laughs> oh, they're like, oh, about his wife. Oh, oh, that made me laugh a he, lot. Who's the actor who plays him? Because he's also famous. He's Dylan, a, Baker Dylan Baker is a pretty famous um, character, actor. character actor and is very funny in yeah. this. I always love and I'm, it's it's such a weird character type, but I always think it's so funny to see in movies. I don't know if you've seen the movie Waiting with Ryan Reynolds. Yes, where like, I have long, long time ago. Though. And there's like the part where they have a customer come in who is like doing everything for his wife. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I think it's such a, <laughs> it's such an crazy character type, but it really makes me laugh because he like orders her a water and then he's like, oh, hell, it's her birthday. <laughs> Give her a Coke. <laughs> um, I picked again, feels like an obvious choice, but he's, he's going to do great in this character. I picked Bill Hader. Oh, yeah. I really imagining his voice as his character in Hot Rod, which is that slight twang, but it's mostly it mostly just sounds like he doesn't know what he's talking about. Here's the thing about Bill Hader. I hope he doesn't get too big to do stuff like this. I don't think not to be like He just won an Emmy. He did just win an Emmy. I don't think he will because okay. i i think there's a certain type of comedy actor who like if you are a sketch comedian or a person who's great at impersonations mm-hmm. like i feel like there's always that bit in you that's like yeah i'll do this for he like he's born to an be, afternoon yeah he's born to play this kind of like weird hillbilly type the, yeah. like the look that owen just gives like he doesn't blink ever and his just jaw is like set so yeah i, I hope bill Hader would do keep doing these kind of roles yeah i i hope so i think so i think if bill Hader showed up as Owen on screen, people would fucking cheer. People would be like, oh my God, Bill Hader's going to be in this movie. And then he's gone in like 30 seconds. They'd be like, why does this oh, keep this happening? is going to be an important character. <laughs> Should we move on to State Trooper? The State Trooper. Played by Michael McKean. Mike McKean, SCTV alum. He's in uh, Better Call Saul. Another big character of, actor. Big character actor. Yeah. We'll be honest. I picked my second choice for Neil because as soon as I thought about him, I was like, I need him in this movie in some capacity. Okay. So I threw him a bone, especially for like this really small state trooper role which it doesn't really have a lot of comedy in it okay like michael mckean plays it pretty straight Mm -hmm. so i was like well if if i put my who i picked in here it would add a little more comedy to the moment of like him finding the burnt out car and then dell trying to like explain his way (laughs) out of the fact that none of the gauges work now you got no outside mirror no we lost that you have no functioning gauges no not a one 
However, the radio still works. I picked Mike Birbiglia. That's good. From uh, Don't Think and Sleepwalk With Me. Uh-huh. So um, I was just like, man, Mike Birbiglia needs to be in way more movies. He does. He's very talented. Yeah. And I was this close to putting him as Neil, but I don't know if people would have liked him as much as like Paul Rudd, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, but he is so funny. And just to see him, his face like come up to the car like in a like little police uniform and just sort of be like, do you think yeah. this car is fit to drive? Uh, I'm also in the present. <laughs> Um, no, I think that's a really solid choice. Thank I you. love Mike Birbiglia. He's so good. I think he's great. His comedy is hilarious. Um, and he's actually a really like talented, like, because in Don't Think Twice, which is honestly a very, not sad, but it's a very real movie. Yeah. Like he gives a really honest performance. Yeah. Um, all right, guys, that's our big old cast for Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Let's get to where does Barry Pepper go? This is the this is like the the pumpkin pie of our pod. You know what I mean? Just the des- you're full, you're stuffed, you feel good. Now there's you got to make room for dessert. I hate pumpkin pie. Pecan pie, blueberry pie, no, apple pie. I don't like pie. You don't like any pie? No. With ice I'm cream. Cake all the way. But with ice cream, you eat pie. No. <laughs> you don't like any pie. No, I have this thing about pie crust. I'm not a big fan. What about what's what's the like freezer box to, cake? I used to eat pie filling like when my mom makes because my brother loves chocolate pie. Mm-hmm. She'll make the chocolate pudding to go in the pie and, and then just she'll the just pudding. reserve some on the side for me and I'll just eat the uh, pudding. Hmm. Well, I think you should Sorry to that ruin out. Thanksgiving, but <laughs> pie sucks. Cake forever. I'll eat anything with ice cream. I, I'm going to delete that sentence. <clears throat> <laughs> Um, all right. Where did you put Mr. Bernard Pepper? I felt like I just had to. I put him in a place where I just had to draw attention to the person who's currently in this movie because I had forgotten about him until this moment and memories flooded back. I made him the um, flight gate announcer person. Ben Stein. Played by Ben Stein. <laughs> and then I wrote in all caps when I hit this point. Remember when Ben Stein's money? Oh, Yeah. For sure. Ben Stein used to be like a big deal. Yeah. Another staple of uh, John Hughes movies. He was the mm-hmm. teacher and Ferris Bueller famously just calls out Ferris's name for like five straight minutes. Yeah. He's also an economist. So like. Right. He is incredibly he, smart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, although I don't I don't agree with his policies. Um, but yeah, of course, I remember when Ben Stein's money. That was a great game show. Yeah. Um, um, and it just seemed like the in a in a movie full of bit parts, it seemed kind of the perfect place to be for people to be like, wait, was that Barry Pepper? Yeah, because he's only on for a second. Um, I put Barry Pepper as Neil's coworker John, oh. who's not credited, but he's played by the same guy who play, yeah. who uh, played Ferris Bueller's dad. dad. And he has that great line like when Neil is like, I gotta go, I gotta go. Oh, I forgot my gloves. And then like the elevator doors close, he's like, You'll never make, make the six. <laughs> It's such a dad movie. Oh my god! It is. It is such a dad movie. All right. Any um, anything from this movie that you uh, um, caught your eye? Diners your Club eye? is mentioned so much. Oh yeah, big Diners Club big. ad. It just feels like I. I'll say this about John Hughes movies. I wasn't alive in the eighties, but oh my god, <laughs> it, brag. But it puts me in a very nostalgic place because so much of it is like, I don't know, I just like I haven't thought about some of this stuff in so long. It it encapsulates the time period so wholly yeah. that you're you're in it with them. So seeing like the every school. time he's like my diner's club card, I'm like, well, yeah, like the old school charge machines where they went like and they yep. like wrote out the receipts yep. for you. Yeah, man, that was a trip. Uh, that's what the thing is. Like this movie had would have to. I think this a type of movie like this. I was thinking. I never saw the movie Due Date, but for some reason, I feel like that was sort of trying to be the modern version of this. I think, as far as like what is essentially like buddy fish out of water road trip movies, I think Tommy Boy is a funnier version of what is it for me is like a laugh out loud funnier version like i appreciate this for what it is but there were so many times when i was like man you know what makes me laugh though is when like tommy like breaks the car in tommy boy well i think that's funnier because it would be like if dell was the main character of this movie that's true Dell is Which the funnier not. character. Yeah. Um, this to me is like a meet the parents, like let's watch a man suffer for two hours, which a lot of mm. people can kind of get like, oh, this sucks. Um, 
But yeah, I get that. But I think that's like you're 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 flipping the kind of focus of the movie a bit. Mm-hmm. So that's probably why it is funnier. I agree with you. It's probably way funnier. But also, I don't know. Maybe I have fond fonder memories of Tommy Boy than I do Planes, Trains. Again, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is a dad movie. Yeah. It's, it's for any dad who's ever gone on a business trip. And I've definitely tried to show my dad Tommy Boy, and he was like, no. Yeah. <clears throat> Chris um, Farley's not his jam. But John Candy. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> um, they eat, like, extravagantly. and They don't eat well, but they just, like, when they eat, they're always, like, there's eating many of, plates. Yeah, there's a lot of food. Well, I think that's such a movie convention. It's to just, be like, like they're a at table. a diner, ten plates. <laughs> I know, but it's like, no one eats like that, <laughs> Which ever. is funny, because now I'm thinking about how there's this breakfast place we go to sometimes that... <laughs> Like, we'll bring you oh, food. Oh, you and me go to? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they brought they us a bring- whole loaf of bread. They brought us a whole loaf of we bread. We asked for toast. <laughs> there was a whole, the, it's at least 10 pieces of bread. Oh it God. looked like a loaf. And then they charge a dollar for a slice of yeah, bacon. Yeah, it's like a it's dollar like, per piece of bacon. <laughs> Insanity. And the whole plate of hash browns. Oh, God. This place is So weird. maybe it's a diner thing. Maybe it's not a movie <laughs> thing. I don't have anything else. Um just whether you would remake this movie or not. I think talking a little bit about what we talked about earlier, I think this movie does work now. And I think it's, it would be kind of fun, especially because there aren't any Thanksgiving movies Yeah, to do a sort of remake it in the spirit of a very human emotional journey. <laughs> like if you have ever had a flight canceled or redirected, you know what's happening to these people. If you've ever met anyone annoying, you know what's oh, happening God. to Neil. So just make it in the spirit of like it's the Thanksgiving season and let's put some different funny people into a funny scenario. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us on this episode of The Boot. If you like this episode please check out our other episodes please tell your friends about us rate and subscribe leave us a comment guys we want to hear from you we don't know who's listening to us yeah honestly we could be shouting into the void i don't think honestly most of my close friends listen and it's a little insulting (laughs) but you know if you are enjoying us at all at least hit subscribe it costs you nothing it costs you nothing can we guilt you into doing this yeah we will it's the holiday season guys guys Guys, we can't go home We're stuck here in hot Los Angeles. Um, oh, boy. Kendall, where can the people find us? You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. Just give us a search. You can find us on social media together as this podcast. At The Boot Podcast on Twitter and at Boot Podcast on Instagram. You can find us separately because Brian is annoying the crap out of me. At Kenneth Trent and at Flynn B. Can't stop singing Flintstones. <laughs> All right, guys, thanks so much for joining us and have a happy Thanksgiving. Make me happy. Got a couple balls and an extra set of fingers. <laughs>